0: Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging. As I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging, and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On this episode, I am delighted to have a special guest who I met during a TED masterclass that Isti had invited us to and had seen a video that he had done uh, for the TED masterclass. And then most recently, I saw him present a webinar and was so intrigued by all the things he was saying that I just had to invite him on my podcast. And so please welcome Tim Needles. Thank you for coming on my show today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: And I didn't really say too much about you. There's so much to say. So what would you like to highlight about yourself?
1: Uh, Well, I've been an an art and media teacher for uh, over 22 years on Long Island. Um, So I teach at a public high school in Smithtown um, New York. And, um, I, uh, wrote a book called steam power for ISTE uh, about infusing arts into STEM curriculum. Um, and, uh, you know, I, over the years, I like to kind of follow my bliss. So it's brought me in all different places. I, uh, I've worked as a, as a writer, uh, in the arts, uh, interviewing, um, you know, actors and musicians and creative people, uh, for wow. blogs, and newspapers and, uh, uh, you know, I've worked with Adobe as an education leader and creativity. Uh, and so, you know, the, you know, it brings me all different places, but that's kind of the, the fun way to live, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. As I looked more on your website as we were chatting before we, we started recording, um, I'm amazed by all the things uh, that you've done and that you're into. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, during our chat. So the first question I'd like to ask all of my guests is if I say the word belonging or what is a feeling, a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Well, you know, I think a lot about connection because, you know, I always felt that um, connecting to other people is one of like the intrinsic most important things we do as people, you know, and, and, and we do that. And that's important because it brings a sense of belonging. Um, You know, for much of my life, that's, that's been my goal is to have a greater sense of belonging, you know, because it it, it gives you a whole different mindset on the world around you. You know, it makes all the challenges that you might have to deal with easier. um, And, you know, you don't feel like you're alone out there. And I think that's, you know, as humans, one of the things that really connects us and, you know, it can connect us in good and even in some bad ways, you know, if you feel a sense of belonging with, you know, something, you know, lonely people will often, you know, associate themselves with, with, with anything, um, just, you know, as a lifeline. So like, you know, certainly, you know, I try to, as a teacher, um, you know, give my students a sense of belonging and create a, a community uh, that's based on creativity and open-mindedness. Um, and as a person that, you know, I'm always uh, looking for other people that have similar uh, beliefs as I do, um, and, you know, create a, almost a family of belonging. Uh, for people that are creative and, um, you know, go out there and challenge themselves.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's so true. Um, you know, the two words that really came to, uh, to me that you said were the connection or connecting and creating the sense of community, which uh, obviously is really, really important in our classrooms and in our lives even but uh, because we form those relationships. And I think those uh, who are lonely are probably the ones who are trying to fit in. And belonging is, is as you know, is so much, so much more than that. So I think that's, that's one of the things that really impressed me when I watched you during the webinars, all the things that you do in your classroom to be able to create that ability for students to have agency and to, to do some risk taking. So that sort of leads me to my next question um, you're an artist that has produced all different media, photography, sketches, paintings, and also written work like poetry. You've done some stand-up comedy. You're very funny, by the way. <laughs> and you. and even road signs, which are even funnier. <laughs> um, and so much, so much talent, but also seems like a risk taker. And you mentioned at the beginning when you were talking about yourself that you're into a lot of different things. But that also means that you're willing to sort of take that jump into trying those things out. So to me, that's that's a bit of risk taking in a good way. And I guess that's what creativity is also. So my question is, how does that how does that work? Uh, that ability to feel that creativity and, and take those risks to try something new, and how does that work its way into your classroom? So for yourself, sort of, how does it work? And then with your students, how does it work?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting process, really, because it's like, you know, I have, uh, as a creative person, like, I have all these different ideas and different opportunities come my way and things like that. Um, and, you know, so as, a, as an artist, you always have to decide, like, you know, where you're focusing your time. The older you get, the more aware you are of, you know, how your time is limited and you want to make it count. So, you know, I look at all these different projects and ideas that I have and, you know, oftentimes, like, I want to push myself personally. Um, so, you know, when I feel a sense of fear, uh, then I know it's the right thing to do. <laughs>
0: so, when, <laughs> oh, when wow, I'm afraid, that's so interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I love that. I, I've, I've gotten very good at, uh, you know, sort of having my, my own sensibility and, and like, you know, when, when, I, when I think there's a sense of fear and I'm, I'm not sure if I could do this or not, you know, then I... I kind of always make myself move forward and try it because you know that there's gonna be learning. You know, Even if there's failure, there's always learning. And, uh, you know, and it just widens who you are as a person because a lot of those experiences, if you're doing the same stuff over and over again, you know, you're not really getting that much from it. Um, so I take that same sensibility and I bring that to the classroom too. Like, you know, I try to uh, really have an as unformulaic a class as possible you know like you know if if you know what to expect all the time um you almost kind of get into a habitual mode you you're not really being creative you're not really challenging yourself so you know i i will regularly change things uh and offer different creative challenges that are going to push students and i also cater almost all of my curriculum to the students i'm i'm working with so i don't have you know a really formal set curriculum i'm i'm making it up based on the the students i'm working with so it's personalized and it makes a big difference. It's a little bit more work, uh, but it's definitely worth it because, you know, uh, you know, people have all different skills and all different interests. Um, so when you're catering it to them personally, it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I know that you know each class that comes in is is different. The chemistry of the class is different. Each student brings you know a different set of skills and ideas uh, to the class. So. If you can think of you know, some examples or a specific example of something that you introduced into your class, um, I know you have to obviously get, get to know your students really well, so maybe start with that. How do, how do you form those relationships and get to know your students? Since we're starting at the beginning of the year, it's almost time for the year to start. And then how do you use that to inform what you're going to do since your planning sort of takes place as you get to know your students?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I always have found that um, by beginning with work rather than really introductions, it's it, you kind of get right into it and you end up mm-hmm. with introductions as a byproduct, which works a little bit better. So, you know, I always have my students create the first day that they're coming into class, you know, and I always do some version of a self-portrait, you know, and, I, and it's not your typical self-portrait. It's been, you know, create a self-portrait without using your face. So you have to show some other way of expressing who you are or, um, you know, I'll I'll give them cameras and have them, you know, talk about uh who they are in, you know, different visual ways, um, by creating collages. Um, mm-hmm. but it 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 helps me get to know them really quick. Um and you know, I have you know, larger classes, so it also gives me a document of <laughs> of who all these students are in a creative way. So like right. I like to have that creative work and then you know have it on, on demand. So like and you know, the choices they make. Uh, is really telling about who they are, so you get a sense of who they are, and especially like a self portrait you know if you 're looking at someone 's face' is pretty straightforward but if if you 're not using your face they 're telling you all of this about themselves and in a, in a way that 's not uh, threatening at all mm-hmm. um, so their students tend to be pretty comfortable with that um, yeah. and you want to sense uh, comfort and you want to you want to set the ex- expectations without um, being demanding and you know so like you know I show really quickly that I I do it before they do it. So like I do all of the work with them and that's helpful so that they understand that I'm a participant Um, and it's more of a collaborative atmosphere. And, you know, oftentimes uh, students want to stray from the rules and I'm all in. Like, you know, go for it. Like, you know, if you want (laughs) to take a weird left, let's follow it and see where it goes. So that's another thing too.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful, you know, because a a big part of belonging is, is to feel you're in a safe space and uh, with the relationships that you can trust. And so it's, it's really interesting that you use that right from the beginning to establish the fact that uh, you're in a safe space. So uh, you can choose how you wanna present yourself. And it's so great that you would do that kind of work to be able to get to know your students uh, in, a, in a different sort of way and then be able to identify them which, uh, like you said, because of, you know, a large number of students, helps you get to know them faster, but also creates those relationships at the same time. That's, that's really amazing. So once you've done that, then what's sort of the next step? Um, yeah.
1: So, so then we'll, we'll, we'll sort of look at some of that work together. And like, this is really the key factor because, you know, when we critique the work, you, you're very careful about not bringing like a personal sense of judgment. You know, we're talking about the work and not the people. And like, you know, making those lines about, um, you know, we, we tend to often be the hard hardest on ourselves. So a lot of students are gonna like, you know, when, when their image is up and we're talking about it, they're very uncomfortable and, you know, really helping them accept that and say like, no, 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 like we're all in this, you know, like this is a, a really comfortable space. We're not gonna judge you and you shouldn't judge yourself. I mean, you know, it, it's not that difficult to get students to not judge each other in my classroom. Uh, but getting students to not judge themselves is really difficult because. Really? You know, wow. There's often, yeah, you know, especially in high school, I think, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, like there's become a, there's like a sort of a, a selfie culture that's developed that's changed this a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because of TikTok and all these other apps and things that people are putting stuff out there, and there's what they're comfortable putting out and then what they're not comfortable putting out. Yeah. You know, in a sense, it's like you want to know who they are and understand that, like, what happens in this room stays in this room. Like, you know, we we don't need to uh, um, present everything. Like as an artist, you work and you're not presenting every single piece that you do to the world. You know what I mean? So like we have sketchbooks that we do and like, you know, that's your place to put out everything and just kind of, you throw up creativity. And then you kind of, you know, I I think there's the creative part and then you don't want to have any judgment. And then there's the editing part where you decide what are you going to do with this work and and how are you going to show it? And that's where you have your more analytical side. Um, yeah. So like you want to clearly separate those two halves. Yeah.
0: So you're able to take them through that whole process, which is really awesome because there's so much critical thinking that's involved, yeah. uh, You know, and, and for students to sort of get over themselves to begin with in order to be able to have those juices flow for the creativity, but also to be able to participate as fully as possible and what you want them to experience while they're in your class, which is, which is really awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, Turning a little bit uh, away from that, but not completely. You, you wrote the book uh, steam power Mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's really interesting. Unfortunately, I don't have a copy of the book, but I'm definitely going to get it. Um, and I know in, in writing it, you mentioned the importance of connections and acceptance. Um, so I'm curious, what was the catalyst for writing the book? And uh, how does that work with STEAM? And I know you're the art part, but you've also got so many other things going on. So, so like what started you thinking about writing the book and then how, did, how does that all fit in with STEAM?
1: So, you know, I found that I was doing STEAM before I was aware of what STEAM was. You know, I I hadn't heard the acronym um, and I would, this is just something that I was always doing because as an artist, as a creative person, I just follow my own curiosities Uh, and, you know, often they go into science and math and these other places Um, and I love working with other people. So like, you know, I really like collaborating. So, you know, I've collaborated a lot, especially globally. And then you get Mm -hmm. this tremendous perspective that comes from that because you know, you're learning the material at the same time as you're learning these other people and these other cultures, right. uh, which is tremendous. So, you know, and then I attended lots of these PD sessions on Steam and I found that they weren't really well balanced, that they were like kind of prepackaged um, uh, ideas that, you know, I don't know, they just were lacking creativity. So I kind of felt like, well, you know, I want to give respect to each one of these disciplines and and really have interdisciplinary Learning. So I shared uh, 18 of the projects that I do uh, along with sort of how I help build the mindset. You know, the first part of the book is all focused on creating the mindset and the, the creative community. And, and, and then also like, you know, that includes things like assessment because you don't want to like throw away all of this great stuff you built when you're assessing the work. You know, you want to, if, if you care about creativity, you're going to assess creativity, not just, you know, the, the science and math elements. Right, Uh, And and then, you know, the whole, uh, the the second part's all the projects. Um, And then the third part is all how to elevate the learning. And that includes things like mindfulness and connection and collaboration and authenticity and sustainability. And, you know, you can't sustain yourself as a teacher if you're not mindful yourself um, and incorporating social emotional learning into these elements. Because, you know, if you're working with technology and let's face it, like every teacher now is working with technology, whether they wanted to or not. Um, things change quickly and, and you have to learn to adapt and, you know, you have to be mindful to kind of like uh, give yourself a break and not, you know, be too tough on yourself as you're learning all these new tools. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find it's really nice to just uh, share with the students the process. So like we will often begin a project, you know, like I remember a couple of years ago, I wanted to create an app and I had no idea how to do it, but I had yeah. seen this great TED talk of a seven-year-old and I'm like, well, if the seven-year-old could do it, I'm sure we as a class could figure this out. <laughs> um, so Love I started with, without knowing where we were going to go and if we were going to succeed. Wow. Uh, and I said at the beginning of the year, I, well, this is our project. We, you know, by the end of this year, I want to figure out how to create an app and we'll create one together. And sure enough, you know, there were lots of failures in the process, but we did yeah. it together. And And really, you know, the students were really active in helping me find the right resources and the right tools and like, you know, choosing the direction. So giving them all of that agency and working really collaboratively as a class really makes a difference. So like, you know, it's that sort of mentality that I wanted to infuse um, in the book and really make it a resource uh, for teachers that is accessible. So like, you know, it's fun to read. It has lots of Mm -hmm. stories in it. You know, it's not just Um, education-y, if if that's a word.
0: (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll all understand that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's it's really terrific because, you know, as you're you're talking about it, you're allowing your students to sort of, uh, you know, you're showing respect for your students that they have things that they can teach you um, and others. And so that's, uh, you know, that's wonderful because that definitely promotes their self-confidence and self-esteem and uh, and valuing students and valuing ourselves is just so important. And the fact that you were able to say, well, I don't know how to do this. So your vulnerability at the beginning, I don't know how to do this, but we're going to do this together. And we, you know, we'll fail along the way probably, but it's okay. We'll pick ourselves up and we'll figure out how to do it better the next time. So that, that's, yeah, that talk about not no fear. I love it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, that that modeling teaches so much in itself because it's like, you know, if there's something else you want to learn now, you know, that, you know, you don't need to know what you're doing, you know, and I find that not knowing what you're doing is a huge benefit to a creative person because you're going to do it in an original, authentic way. You know, like if you follow the way to do something, you've done it the way that everyone else has. You're
0: just copying, basically. Right. Yeah. Which is which is okay, but it's not not the creativity part of it, unless you take mm-hmm. it to the next level, right? Exactly. So yeah. So yeah, you're modeling all of those things. That's that's really terrific. You miss, mentioned when you were talking about that about assessing creativity, and I know that's always you know, assessing anything that's really not physically something you can look at or touch. So can you talk a little bit about how do you do that? Because that's, that's all about what, what you're doing, right? Is how do you get the mindset of the students and, and how do you go about uh, assessing creativity? What does that look like?
1: So it re- requires a lot of documentation. Um, so I have the students uh, reflect Uh, On what they learned and oftentimes, you know, they'll identify some things they learned and they might not identify everything they learned, but I do have them create uh, Written and visual reflections, So that's really helpful as a starting point. And then I'm making notes as we're working oftentimes And you really want to highlight creative decisions when they're happening and use them as models like those teachable moments will happen In classes where someone like, you know, maybe makes a mistake that works or maybe intentionally try something that's a risk And you Mm -hmm. want to really celebrate that risk-taking if you want to see creativity in the classroom. Right. So you know I'll I'll always point that out while it's happening and then of course like portfolios are really great as seeing like where someone started out and where they where they ended up. So you're able to see the arc of creativity over time and those are all terrific tools Um, and you know we also will will create uh, I use a lot of video in class so we will kind of like, you know, I'll create little video snippets of the the failures, of the successes. Um, And then, you know, I I use a couple different apps to sort of piece together the whole school year. So I use like one second a day uh, Mm -hmm. is an app that allows you to just record one second every day and it puts it together like a calendar. I saw
0: that. That is fantastic. That's an app. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those
1: those things are terrific to see the context, you know, to get a bigger picture of what's happening. So that helps as well.
0: Yeah. That's really terrific. Yeah, that whole idea of assessing creativity and and the portfolio idea. I used to use portfolios in my third grade class for writing, but uh, with, you know, what you're doing in your classroom is so important also. And it's so wonderful for students to see their progress because they don't realize uh, how they are at the beginning of the year and where they have ended up. I mean, even to mid-year and then mid-year to the end of the year. So that's pretty uh, inspiring for them too, to see their progress and then be able to reflect on that, either journaling or, or just even talking about it um, as they go through it with you. So that great tool for sure. Um, my last question is about the global collaborations that you mentioned. And I know that I saw a couple of things on your website about some of the collaborations that you've done. So can you talk a little bit about how you got started doing that? I know you said it's really important and what you do in the classroom, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love global collaboration because, um, you know, I love traveling. I think you learn so much when you travel. Um, So, you know, early on, I just looked up every single global collaboration I could. Um, And, you know, uh, early on, I came across uh, in New York, there's the Japan Society. Uh, and the Japan Society had a travel teacher program where they sent you to Japan for three weeks. Uh, so it was pretty amazing, it was a study tour. So, you know, I, I had a chance to go there and visit these schools in Japan. And obviously this was my first time out of the country. Um, so it was, you know, a, a big leap <laughs> to make um, a really different culture. But I just, I found that why I really take to this. I, I'm totally comfortable in a new environment and adapting nice. really quickly. Um, so, you know, we they they, uh, they started a program shortly after that where you collaborated with schools uh, there, and you know you, it was a little challenging. Obviously, the time zones are pretty much opposite. Um, but we did uh, we we actually uh, collaborated. And, you know, we helped design the lessons together. So they actually we worked uh, for a week to write the lessons together for a project, um, and oh, nice. to make sure that we're infusing. You know what both countries and schools uh, needed. Um, and it led to this great uh, collaboration that lasted many years. So, uh, you know, it, it turned like there was a study tour where students would actually uh, visit each other's countries. And, and then I just started widening and going to any collaboration and it became three countries and they added Pakistan um, to get a, a nice mix. Um, so anytime I see global collaborations, I, I always like to try it. I, I've I've done a number of different programs like iron and you know there's there's a ton of them out there but I find that um, it's a tremendous opportunity because you know learning about the ways that different people live and you know their beliefs and their mindsets you know this all is uh, is terrific learning and it just widens the person that you are so you know I find that uh, you know you could try to open students' mind in your classroom, yeah. um, but if you collaborate globally, it tends to happen naturally um, nice. and it's it, it's almost as a side effect while you're learning. Uh, so that's why it's so powerful. So, I, you know, I always encourage everyone to to yeah. try global collaborations whenever you have an opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, this, this, just a really quick question. I'm curious. Does creativity The process of creativity vary among different cultures, or do you find that process is pretty much the same in the cultures that you've done these collaborations with?
1: It's really interesting because it's different, but like art is a language in a a real sense. Mm -hmm. So that like you know, even though they have different approaches, I find that like well, we still speak the same language. So like you know, I could understand it and get you know acquainted really quickly like you know when we're working with Japan like every student takes calligraphy because that's just the art uh, of the culture so like everyone knows calligraphy and even when they're learning you know uh, the English language you know it's not just drawing an A it's like where you start and where you end up that's important to them and like here we don't care like any A would work so like there's there's all these little nuances of how they approach Mm -hmm. uh, art and then you know creativity in a larger sense is really different so like you know w- what uh you know what the word even creativity means could be very different to different sure. people because you know i'm always a proponent of like creativity is well beyond art you know you could be a creative landscaper you could be a creative mailman it you know it's yeah. it's how you approach life so it's like sure. um so but that that's not the idea everywhere certainly so <laughs> so you know i always promote you know that you could be creative uh, in, in anything you do. Um, so, you know, certainly with with arts, like I've seen different approaches and different cultures. Some cultures really appreciate art and then, you know, other places, you know, art is more decorative. So like, you know, it's gonna change a lot depending on, you know, even within the United States or something, right. you know, that changes a lot. So worldwide, right. it's all over the place.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, And uh, I always like to ask my guests if there's any additional advice that you have for our listeners. I know you've given some really great tips so far, but is there anything that either we missed or that you really want to make sure that that people keep in mind.
1: Well, you know, I I always tell my students that every day is an opportunity to be creative. So like my advice would be, you know, just try uh, some of what I'm saying, like, you know, what is it that you want to do like, you know, we often will not take care of ourselves in that way. And that, you know, you need to find the things that feed you, you know, in in your soul. So like, you know, if there's something that you want to do and you're not quite sure what it is, you know, go for it. You don't need uh, a license, give yourself permission to try it and to fail, uh, you know, because you will learn. It's like, you know, with that class where we had started and wanted to create an app, like we could have just as easily failed, like we happened to succeed that time. Yeah. But had we, had we failed, we still would have learned a lot more and, and been much further along. So yeah. you, even a failure is better than not trying. So uh, mm-hmm. you always want to leave everything on the table. You want to make sure that you put it out there. So challenge yourself to something that you always wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And these days with everything that's going on right now, I think it's even, oh, it's always important, but I think it's even more important because we really need to, it helps us focus on other things. Outside of ourselves and it makes us feel um, validated because we've tried something that maybe we wouldn't have tried before. So so I think that's that's a really important piece of advice, Tim. Thank you. Yeah,
1: you know, you want to make this time count, even though it's you know,
0: right. there's
1: we're limited, there's not we can't do everything, mm-hmm. but there's still lots of really interesting things you could do. Yeah. And wanna make this time count. That's the key. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed at what people have come up with. It's really incredible. Yeah. So, Tim, it's been wonderful, and I could talk to you for hours, uh, but um, where can people find you? Where's the best place? And I'll include it in the show notes, but I know people sometimes like to look right after they've listened. So.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, my website is timneedles.com, and I am on every social media at Tim Needles, so easy enough.
0: Okay, sounds good. Tim, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know that you're gearing up for school to start and things are really busy, but I really appreciate you being on my show today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was a terrific conversation. So glad to be here.
0: Be sure to subscribe to my podcast Journeys to Belonging. Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash cultures .build See you in 2 weeks